the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Mark Bread. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined, as always, by my cousin, Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, man, I am feeling good, Shane. We've got news across the SEC. Mm-hmm. We got the AP poll coming out. Mm-hmm. And, hey, people like to mock us for how wrong our predictions is. <laughs> At least I got something a little bit right with, uh, you know, these quarterback competitions. So we'll get to that in just a second. But how you doing, brother? I'm good, man. A little, little short of breath. I've been outside practicing my punting. See if, uh, <laughs> see if the volunteers need to walk on. You know. <laughs> hey, I hear you, man. But um, hey, let's get on with the show because I know you're a little bit of a time constraint on yeah. your end. So I don't want to hold you up. But we got to start the show, Shane. We had some big news out of Baton Rouge. Oh, Miles Brennan, man, guy we've been rooting for mm-hmm. for some time, was not at practice, and you know you kind of. This is the time of year when a quarterback doesn't show up. You know something's up, particularly when there's a competition going on. And uh, LSU has confirmed it. Miles Brennan left the football program. He's even released a statement here confirming the news. But, uh, hey, at least we got something right here on the last episode. Miles Brennan not in the competition. And I still think it's going to be uh, the transfer, uh, Jaden Daniels. Yeah, I mean, you hate to hear it because the kid has stuck around for this program for a long, long time. And, But, you know, as a fan, you want the best quarterback out there. You want the best option. And the fact your coach doesn't think it's Miles Brennan, I'm backing him up. So, I just wish nothing but the best. He was there when – when LSU was down and out, man, you know what I'm saying? He's He's right. been through a long ride with those guys, and uh, I, I think there's a lot of LSU fans still happy to, to, to call him a Tiger, but, you know, he's got to get his, and he's going to get another opportunity out there. So kind of interested to see where he, he lands up. Yeah, he's been in LSU so long, Shane, he was competing with Joe Burrow for that starting job <laughs> yeah, back in 2018. Right. So so it's been a while for old Miles, <laughs> but, uh, you know, hopefully his next step is his best step moving forward but hey buddy before we go around the league with the news and notes another poll dropped here on monday Mm. shane the ap poll and once again i think i think it's the same six that are ranked in the ap poll so let's just go through that real quick shane of course alabama number one no surprise there Mm -hmm. georgia number three no surprise a and m number six Come on now. A little bit more recognition. Yeah, a little bit more in this one. Arkansas, number 19. Come on now. They're higher in this poll as well. Kentucky, number 20. And how about these Ole Miss Rebels, Shane, down here at 21? (laughs) They're getting a ton of respect out of these polls. Absolutely. Well, you know, they got to lead something. And that's what I always think about in NASCAR. It's like, yeah, you won the poll. You got you got the first – you're the first car in the – but, you know, the odds of winning the poll and the race are pretty hard to do. So, right. I, I'm, I'm – I don't try – you know me about these damn things, Mike. I try not to put too much stock in them, but it is good to get some recognition, um, especially the Ole Miss Rebels. That's, that's the one that, that really stands out to me because – Here's a program that I've been down on, you've been kind of down on, but, you know, 
clearly there's a lot of influence out there with Lane Kiffin and his crew. And a lot of people think that this, this is going to be a better program than you and I, and, and odds are they're right because most of the time we're wrong. So, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of rebel fans happy, but I want to ask you, Mike, uh, you know, again, I feel like a few teams got snubbed here. Do you? Oh, I didn't hear a question there. But, uh, <laughs> well, oh, I was just thinking, I was like, I don't think I – yeah, he didn't see the question mark there. But do you, eyebrows raised? Of, of course. I mean, the same team we've been hitting on, Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. They are in the others receiving categories at number 35, but I think they deserve to be ranked. Uh, as for the rest of these SEC teams, I mean, you know, I'm kind of fine with them having to earn their way in. I, you can make the argument Tennessee – they yeah. were voted number 26, so the first team out of the poll. Uh, LSU, number 30. Auburn, 36. Florida, 37. I think Florida certainly yeah. uh, getting some disrespect as well. But, but again, I guess, you know, last season went so uh, rough that they got to earn it, and they're going to have an opportunity right out the gate. Shane playing number seven, Utah. So yeah. um, listen to some of these other teams that are ranked Shane that are playing <laughs> SEC opponents I put this out there of course Clemson number four they play South Carolina obviously I just mentioned Utah they open against Florida they're number seven Oregon number 11 Shane they play Georgia right in the opener there number three Georgia in Atlanta number 16 Miami at Texas A&M week three number 17 Pitt hosts Tennessee week two so that should be a hell of a game Number 22, Wake Forest at Vanderbilt week three. Oh, hey, that might be the stunner of the of the year right there. Wait, Come on now. Wake Forest quarterback is uh, not with the team presently, so there's, there's hope there. Number 23, Cincinnati. Again, they open against Arkansas, so that's going to be a showdown of ranked teams. And then number 25, Yale, or <laughs> as everybody else calls them, BYU. They host Arkansas week seven, so – Hey, Arkansas has got that one hell of a gauntlet here. You know what? Absolutely. And and that's what people will remember though. Those out of, those out of conference games. If, I mean, if you could, if you could steal those, I mean, that's helping you. I mean, look, these are top 25 wins. So, um, I I'm pumped up for this. I, I think it's a great opportunity and mm-hmm. you know, I, that's again, I hate the polls because you, you, you take a team like, like a BYU and you put them in the SEC, they're not a top 25 team, Mike. No. You know, they're mm-hmm. they're they're at the the bottom and that's nothing nothing against their program. I know there's a lot of BYU believe it or not, there's a lot of BYU fans that listen to the pod, but um I just I I, I don't know. I just think these are kind of dumb because I always I'm like you with your power rankings. I think that's what nails it in this. <laughs> you want to talk about controversy, those will be coming out soon. <laughs> uh but neutral field Neutral, t- you know, just right. the one team A, team B. Who comes away with the victory? And and you tell me that what six is that? How many we got in the top twenty-five? Yep, leads the way. The yeah. SEC's got six more than anybody. So you're telling me nineteen other teams are better than the rest of the SEC programs? I find that hard to believe. No, sir. And then no. I, I got a couple other little nuggets here, Shane. Number twenty, Kentucky. First time they're ranked in the AP poll in the preseason since nineteen seventy-eight. suck on that cow you know what (laughs) number six a and m that's the second highest ranking for a team that finished unranked the year before so still a ton of respect for the maggies and and everything jimbo fisher's got going Mm -hmm. 
a little bit of a, a two-downer nuggets, Shane. Florida and Florida State unranked. This is the first time since 1974 that both have debuted unranked in the AP poll. Mm. Of course, that could be changing in a hurry. They pull that upset against Utah. Mm -hmm. And then last but not least, LSU unranked in the poll. First time since 2000, so 22 yeah. years. Um, it's wild, <laughs> isn't, isn't it? weird that you say 22 years? You know, when I always think 20 years, I think like the 80s, you know. <laughs> 20 years ago. <laughs> Damn, we're getting old, Mike. But, uh, yeah, this – this uh, the, you know, I'm not worried about this because I, I, I truly think that some of this shakes out toward the end. And I think there's some teams that aren't on this poll that will be by the right. end of the season and and vice versa. And it, it, it's, that's the beautiful thing about running the season. It, it, it is controversy, and it's always controversy. Every, we do this every year, Mike. We, we try to make ourselves believe that this is the year Baylor has a shot. You know, this is the year that, you know, North Carolina State's going to have a program. It's like we, we, we do these narratives and we play these games, and then when it comes down to the Final Four, yep. it's typically going to be an SEC opponent holding the trophy at the end. So, yeah, come out with your polls. Get your recognition. Get on ESPN. I think it's great. You know, show your – your parents but when it all boils down to it it's going to come down to an sec victory in the national championship yep well hey buddy you ready to go around the league hell yeah let's do it well we had a scrimmage over the weekend shane and Ole miss didn't have time to, to fit it in on monday's monster show but uh apparently man kiffin maybe again He's like a damn poker player out here, Shane. We're trying to – is it is it Jackson Dart? Is it Luke Altmyer? And he says, well, hell, I gave the MVP to Kincaid did, the number three quarterback. Like, get the hell out of here, Lane Kiffin. Like, he is playing this thing so close to the vest for this cream puff schedule right out the gate. Yeah, He don't want anyone to know. But uh, the way I hear it, Shane, Jackson Dart had two touchdowns, whereas Luke Altmyer had no touchdowns and an interception. So, certainly Jackson Dart surging ahead in at least the scrimmage. That doesn't yeah. mean, you know, you, we always got to be careful not to put too much stock into these. It could be just be one scrimmage. I mean, there's been some all-timers performing a scrimmage, and then you get to the fall, and they never see the damn field. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm not reading too much into it, but I don't know. What do you think about old Kiffin Shane giving the MVP to the, the third <sighs> quarterback on the roster here? You know, this is typical Kiffin right here. You know, he's just going to play. He's playing the game. Mm -hmm. And even though he may have his guy circled, and we all know who it is, he's going he's gonna to play it to the very end that it's an open quarterback situation and that it's anybody's opportunity. The fact is he was running with the threes, Mike. And if, if this was legitimate, you know, he would have had some snaps with the ones. He didn't. Yeah. Uh, Dart did. So, I, I, I think that this is just, yeah, a little bit coach speak, but it's just – you know, it's Kiffin, and this is what he does, and, and he does it well, man. So let's kick it over to uh, Coach Kiffin, Shane, who so far he's had the quote of uh, training camp here, <laughs> getting a kicker down here from uh, old Kappa Tapa Kega down here apparently. Uh, he, he shares some thoughts on the quarterbacks, but the the one comment that I think really sh should be eye-raising for Ole Miss Rebels because the, all these transfers they brought on the defensive line – I have always, always been a big J.J. Pegues fan, and I think mm -hmm. he's got a future in the NFL. He's such a freak athlete at that size. If he puts all the pieces together, the former Auburn Tiger and Oxford native, it could be a huge breakout star for the Rebels. So let's kick it over to Kiffin. Coach, can you just give us, can you give us a raw evaluation of your three quarterbacks today? 
Yeah, I thought the first two guys didn't play great, um, you know, and and took too many sacks, even though we're not hitting them, you know, that would have been sacks. I thought Kincaid played really well. Um, you know, we play a little game in the quarterback room predicting the MVPs for the days and guessing. And I would like to go on record that I picked Kincaid Dent to be the MVP today. And so that may have had something to do with the play calling down there to get him some extra touchdown passes to win that bet. But he did a good job, made a lot of plays. You guys have also added a punter to your roster. Can you talk a little bit about him? Yeah, I don't know a whole lot about him. I think he was down at the frat house, you know, like at a keg party or something, you know, where they got him <laughs> from. So we got some conditioning work to do with my guy. But um, we just yeah. said, hey, someone go find a punter around campus. And so we found one that actually used to punt in Division One. So you never know. All right, Shane, next on the docket, let's kick it on down to Missouri where old Drake, you see – <laughs> we tweeted out he's drinking the uh, diet cokes. He's got like back a, on it. He's got a giant diet coke. I've never seen a a uh, you know a, what do you call those? I mean he's double. Tall, yeah, t- he's got yeah. a tall boy diet coke. I didn't even know. Yeah, that. a little twenty four ouncer there. <laughs> I, I, I that one is that one's got some kick to it, man. And <laughs> and it was funny because we you know we had an opportunity to talk to him. He was coming off those, you know. <laughs> yeah. So apparently it's like me and the diet. <laughs> it's like we have good intentions but man those diet co- cokes taste pretty damn good so uh no he couldn't get off of them long but i'm telling you it is it's a he's a breath of fresh air man and i and i know i give drink a lot of people give mizzou a hard time but i just love the fact that he comes out he's telling you exactly where this team is and and you know you're trying to guess through some of these coaches and, and coming out these uh, these scrimmages, mm-hmm. and, and it just feels like you know he he comes out and saying, okay, this is a problem that we need to fix, and it's on me, and I, I like that, you know, just taking control. Yeah, and certainly, I mean, he's he's not calling out anyone specifically, Mm-mm. but basically calling out his team. Hey, this this ain't the production that uh, we expect from you. Running backs are always emerge for drink. It doesn't matter where yeah. he's at. So they need someone to step up there. It's interesting. Cody Schrader, the transfer from uh, the lower level. You know, when I saw him in the spring game, Shane, I was like, oh, I guess they got the walk-ins in, in now. Who's this <laughs> Who's this bruising Mike Allscott-looking guy? And, and, man, he was the most impressive running back in the spring game. Sounds like he's really coming on in the fall. So Cody Schrader's not someone we can write off by any means. And then uh, I, I think Mizzou fans will really appreciate these comments from Tyron Hopper. The transfer mm-hmm. from Florida, you know, they need help to to shore up that run defense. And uh, you know, they gave him a non-contact jersey. You, you think, oh man, is he hurt? No, they're ju- they're trying to keep him off people. He's a, <laughs> such a beast down there. So let's kick it over to Drake. Jay, you mentioned you obviously want to see more growth and identity. What have you seen so far, maybe in the growth and what you guys are developing identity-wise just at this point in camp? I like the chemistry of our team. I like the uh, togetherness of our team. I think we got to continue to build the toughness and resiliency. I didn't think today we finished or attacked uh, the last three periods in the red zone with nearly enough intensity or fire. Um, Just felt like we were going through the motions, and that's not good enough for us. Uh, if we want to take a step as a program. If we were content with being average, then that's fine. We can pat them on the back and give away popsicles. But uh, we need to continue to be tougher and more physical, and we got to respond to every period in practice. And that didn't get done today, and that's on me. You said 
both punters? I mean, in the past there have been three guys there. Uh, are you narrowing that down? Uh, I mean, I would say uh, there's still a third punter involved. He hasn't been as consistent as the other two. Um, and he's consistently getting reps with a three. So for the sake of clarity, I think our, our top two guys are really battling at it right now. He could come on this week. Uh, I wouldn't say he's totally out of it, but trying to get a little bit more clarity. What about running back? Where do you feel like you're at there as far as zoning in on a rotation or a couple guys? Yeah, disappointed that Nate and uh, T-Man have been down with soft tissue. Got to get those guys back. Haven't been able to see them. Really been really proud of Cody Schrader. Um, he's been the, the most consistent running back in camp. You can tell his playing experience shines through. He, he's able to do all the things we need him to do as far as uh, blitz pickup, route running, and consistent running the ball and getting positive yards. Elijah Young's had flash moments, um, but we got to have more consistency. Um, you know, Taj Butts was doing really good, but got slowed by a little bit of a soft tissue. Again, availability is the most important ability, and we've got to continue to take care of our bodies and be ready to go. So, it looked like uh, Tyron Hopper might have been in a no contact jersey today. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, he was. Well, it was, was just the value of having him still out there with, you know, just for himself out there being a new player to the program and to the, the other linebackers. Yeah, I mean, that's part of practice. You're trying to limit the contact on some people. He's a contact player, um, and he's kind of a contact player even when he's not supposed to be. So, we're trying to get him in a green jersey to try to slow him down a little bit. Um, but he'll he'll be back ready to roll tomorrow. Harrison coming into and I know you did a little bit last year, but especially now coming into camp, starting to get some national attention and all American recognition. I mean, is that stuff you that's easy for you to block out or, or not pay attention to? How do you deal with it? Yeah, no, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I don't. I try not to really think about it. It's it's nice to be recognized, obviously. But, you know, if I'm going to be recognized, I want to be an All-American, but I want to be an All-American for this team. I want to, you know, I want to be there for this team, the team, the team, the team. Um, and it's not just for me. I'm not doing it for me. I'm trying to help my team win on Saturdays. And that's really where my mind's at. And so, yeah, I do block it out. Um, but it's really just about putting points up there for my team. What is your standard for yourself? I mean, from the outside, people – a lot of times only notice kickers if, if something goes wrong. When you've had such a good two years already, what's the standard and how do you kind of either maintain or go to another level? Yeah, um, you know, really just focusing on myself. Um, it's it's just next kick mentality. You know, it's not, yeah, if you miss a kick, you know, it's next kick. I don't remember the, the last kick. Um, so it's what, you're only as good as your next kick. So that's really where it's at. And that's, that's really where my mind is. And that's where, you know, that's what I'm focusing on. Just next kick. It doesn't matter what I did the last two years. It does not matter to me. I'm just as hungry as I was my freshman year. Um, I want to make all the kicks this year. You know, 92% for me is unacceptable. Um, I got to be 100% this year. And that's, you know, that's where it's at. So. Oh, I love this. I hope he, he has like a big neck roll and everything. Just does just plays it up. You know what I'm saying? Like I grew up. Watching Mike Allstott, I was a huge fan. My brother, obviously, a work done. So it was like we we were like one or two. It made sense. And then uh, you know, going up in in college, I, I, there was a guy that played for Tennessee, Will Bartholomew. A lot of a lot of fans know him. But again, I just kind of idolized this guy, saying, "Man, I wish 
that was me. <laughs> you know? And then you go to the NFL, and then I became a Peyton Hillis fan, you know, from Arkansas. It's like, yep. come on, man, we could do it. So uh, I just I, I love these big guys. I love watching them run. Uh, you know, not not agile, you know, but sometimes just lowering the boom. That's what I love. Mm. All right, Nick Shane, let's kick it on down to Tuscaloosa where they had them a scrimmage down there over the weekend as well. And sounds like uh, offensive line kind of mixed results, which mm-hmm. that's what we had last year. They really came on, obviously, at the tail end of last season. But we got to keep Bryce Young upright. Uh, yeah. Obviously, he's so critical to what that team does on the offensive side of the ball. Short yardage remains somewhat of an issue, according to Coach Saban. And I think maybe the most interesting thing, Shane, the transfer from LSU, Eli Ricks. I mean, when they added him, everyone was saying, "Well, my God, they get—they just got them another All-American." <laughs> well, he was running with the second team in the spring. Sounds like yeah. he's still running with the second team. Maybe, you know, I know he's been banged up, and Saban says he's kind of struggling a little bit to to get up to speed with the playbook and, and what they yeah. ask from their secondary. So let's kick it over to Saban. It was kind of some revealing comments here. I thought. So- uh, there were a lot of good things out there on the field today, um, but we got sloppy at times, had way too many penalties, and a lot of undisciplined-type penalties, whether they were illegal formations, offsides on defense. Um, you know, so all things that are correctable. Uh, I thought the kicking game was, was good. The specialist executed fairly well. Um, so you know, I'm not disappointed in any way, but I think at, at this point you would expect to need to practice to improve on a lot of things. And after only having eight, nine practices, whatever we've had to this point, uh, I'm sort of okay with where we are, uh, but also very much enthused about the challenges that we have to try to work to get guys better so that we have more guys that can play winning football. be tough to evaluate right away after scrimmage, but where did you see uh, the offensive line? How did they improve since uh, spring? Well, it really is hard to evaluate, but uh, I thought the first offensive line was improved. I thought that second offensive line struggled, struggled in protection, struggled to run the ball. But I, I was encouraged by the running backs and some of the plays that they were able to make, some of the runs that they were able to run. So I would say all in all, I was I thought the first line made some improvement. I thought the second line struggled a little bit at times. But I think every unit uh, had its ups and downs. And I think that's what I'm talking about when I talk about maintaining consistency. There were times last year when short yardage run situations that were inconsistent, not just today, but overall in camps before. Have you, have you seen creating movement up front? Well, we, we haven't really worked on short yardage a whole lot to this point. Uh, I don't disagree with you. You know, there were times we have first and three at the three and struggled to run it. Uh, there were times we had short yardage situations. But I think we had to do a lot of self-evaluation in the offseason, quality control on, you know, what we do, how we create you know, ways to run the ball effectively against, you know, eight-man fronts, which is what you get in those situations, and not allow them to force us to throw the ball, but have enough confidence that we can get enough movement to gain a yard or two. And uh, I think that's something that, you know, we want to get better at. The cornerbacks, what did you see from them today? Um, 
you know, Kool-Aid did okay. Um, Terry Arnold has done a really good job so far in camp. Uh, Eli Ricks is still trying to learn, you know, the defense. We so can go out there and play with confidence. You know, Kyrie is out, so he didn't participate today uh, with a little bit of a groin injury uh, that hopefully won't keep him out long. And so, you know, the, some of the young players are, you know, coming along. We moved Antonio Kite to corner, which I think is a natural position for him, and he's done a pretty, pretty good job there. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure that if you ask them, that I'll say there's things they can need to improve on. When I watch the film, I'm sure I'm going to be talking to them about what they need to improve on as well. But I think the big thing is, is keep people cut off, don't give up big plays. That's, that's got to be a critical piece for what we have to do, you know, at the corner position. All right, thank you. Appreciate you. I love how he starts, man. It's just like you feel like he's going to – like one of these reporters are going to pay for it today. And I just keep waiting. And then <laughs> turns out toward the end, it's like, oh, he's not in a bad mood. He, why does he sound like he's in a bad mood? <laughs> well, I think, Shane, because uh, they've just got such a good team down there that uh, any yeah. little thing that he's not fully satisfied with, you know, this incoming All-American we got – He's not quite All-American yet. <laughs> He's a backup to another All-American. Doom and gloom down here. Our offensive line may not be up to caliber. How are they yeah. going to block for our Heisman candidate quarterback, Heisman candidate running back, mm -hmm. and all these elite receivers we got there? But, I, I mean, we got to wonder, but... And you wonder where Lane Kiffin gets it, you know? <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't say, you know who the best quarterback on this team is? <laughs> on the third string. <laughs> Like he comes out doom and gloom, but then he, but he tweaks it. He's holding it back. He's he. I think he is optimistic about this program. He just doesn't want to show it. Right. No, I I think you're 100. percent Well, Shane, last team to hit on here. Let's kick it on down to Gainesville, where the, uh, the Gators also had a scrimmage over the weekend. And oh, Billy, man, he didn't seem too pleased with the. Uh, Everything he saw on the fields, quarterbacks didn't play up to standard, mm -hmm. struggled in the red zone. A uh, little update here, Shane. Ricky Pershaw, the, the receiver, he didn't play. So, you know, still rehabbing yeah. from that injury. Jason Marshall, he, he got banged up their number one corner. So, a uh, little nicks and bruises down here in Gainesville that, uh, again, this is not a team that you can't replace a lot of these guys. So, right. uh, I, I'm a little – I don't want to. I'm not hitting the panic button here, but little concerned when we got some star players here that are banged up in Gainesville. You know what? Yeah, I, and you're going to hear him talk here in a minute. It was, uh, you know, I I didn't sense a lot of optimism here. And, and and one thing about these scrimmages, Mike, especially when when we're just tackling for the first time, you know, usually the offense is ahead of yeah. schedule and the defense is coming up from behind. So are you a little discouraged? I'm not trying to hit the panic button or anything like that, but this Florida Gator team has got to hit the ground running. If they're going to make some noise in the SEC this year, they cannot afford to be three or four games to kind of find their identity. They got to discover it real quick. Are you a little worried uh, that, you know, that the first scrimmage didn't go so well or, um, or, or you just think it's just too early to tell? Well, I think it's a little early to tell, and I and I don't know how much Anthony Richardson even competed in this. So, you right. know, when he's calling out the quarterbacks, I don't know that he's specifically calling out Anthony Richardson, but I think it, it goes back to 
just how important Anthony Richardson is to this football yeah. team. And if he's not in the lineup, I think Florida's going to be a, have a really, really rough year. But if he mm-hmm. plays up to his potential, I think they can surprise a lot of people, which, yeah. you know, that's that very simplistic. But when you have a roster that, you know, on paper doesn't match up with Georgia and Alabama and maybe even A&M, that's what you need. You need a, an X-Factor. Mm-hmm. You need an All-American. You need a breakout candidate. And that's why uh, I think if Florida's going to do big things, and I think they are, I, I think it's because Anthony Richardson is a, is a breakout player. Um, the scrimmage, um, you know, I think for the most part out of there, relatively healthy. Um, you know, really good work. Um, you know, I thought both sides of the ball, we've taken steps forward. The film is much cleaner maybe than spring practice. I think fundamentally we're a lot uh, further along. Um, I do think the communication is improving. Uh, we still have quite a few plays where maybe we were you know, nine or 10 out of 11 from an execution standpoint. And, you know, I think it, it affects the play, obviously. Um, but overall, good energy. Um, you know, I thought, I thought the intangibles were there. Um, but overall, a lot to learn. And um, I think the big thing is we, got, we had a very physical scrimmage, but we were able to stay healthy and, and make progress and obviously had a chance to watch that film yesterday and again some this morning. Um, yeah, I think the offensive unit, uh, the first offensive unit was the only team that didn't meet the quota, didn't meet the goal for the day, you know. Um, and I think those are all very correctable, if that makes sense, uh, procedurally. So outside of that, I thought it was pretty clean. We had a full crew in here. Um, you know, all college officials that, you know, had a good set of eyes on everything, told them, you know, we agreed to call it just like it was game day. Uh, we wanted to know if we have issues. You know, we wanted to expose those. Um, next Saturday, we've got a, a full SEC crew coming into town for practice Friday and also the scrimmage Saturday. So uh, putting a premium on that, and uh, I think we're heading in the right direction there. What about the quarterback play? How many I thought the defense did a good job of limiting explosive plays. Um, and I think that we didn't score touchdowns in the red area. That was an objective that we didn't meet on offense. And I think those the defense obviously contributes to that. Uh, but overall, uh, we did turn it over a few times. Um, so the quarterback efficiency wasn't what we want it to be. Um, now, does that mean you know, I mean, I think there are a lot of things contribute to that when you're playing with a mixture of lineups and different positions, different players. So, uh, but it can be better. That's what I would say. Coach, when you evaluate the turnovers in the scrimmage, how much of it was a quarterback mistake or something forced by the defense? And I'm just curious about turnovers in general, how much they're drilled in your philosophy on. Yeah, no, I mean, I, we, we, we threw it to the defense in a couple situations where it happens, right? Third and long, two minute, you know. Nothing alarming here, okay? Nobody's, uh, you know, our quarterback, you know, we, we get it. You know, we're, it's going to happen. But, you know, the good thing is our defense is creating some of that, right? I mean, we're playing well. We're affecting the quarterback. We're playing well in the back end. You know, part of our formula here is got to protect and affect, right? We want to protect our quarterback and affect the other quarterback. And you do that in lots of different ways, right? You push the pocket. You tip balls. You hit the quarterback. You sack the quarterback. Um, 
the element of disguise, right? I mean, there's so much that goes into that, but it's a big part of playing winning football uh, in creating those passing downs, creating those advantage opportunities for the defense. And I think the interceptions from the other day happened in those situations. Yeah, I think so too. And I, I don't know if you saw the new facility down there, but Ooh, you know, Florida yeah. Gators, I, Florida Gator fans have got a lot to be happy for. I mean, the recruiting is yep. on fire. Their their new facility looks immaculate. It's it's I'm, your quarterback is healthy. You know, I I saw his little box there, and above above him, he's got a little post. You know, talking about the top. Somebody wrote an article. I figured it was you, Mike. I tried to zoom in. <laughs> it says the top four SEC quarterbacks, and he's not on it. You know, so yep. you know everybody's finding their motivation and stuff. And it's just I don't know. Just the stars are starting to line up down there in Gainesville, and I just. Maybe I just try not to read into Napier here because you know we've not heard him too much. I don't know if this is if this is going to be the way it's going to be. I mean, I say it every time he talks, man. You got to get some coffee because Billy just comes out. They should call him Billy Sleepier because I'm sleepier every time I listen to him. But he just ho hums and 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 things aren't you know didn't work out great today. But I think he's. I think this is another prime example of coach speak. I think the Florida Gators are further along than he's putting on. Yeah, uh, and you're right. I think right now they don't have the full offense. They don't have the full defense because there are a few guys banged up. But you're going to have that right out of fall. Right when fall camp starts, these soft tissue injuries, injuries they they, they they flare up. You're just getting them game ready. So I'm not I'm not putting a panic uh, button at all. You know I'm I'm with you. I think I think they're better off. But it's just so much momentum in Gainesville. I'd love to see the coach come out here and just. Just lean into it, you know? <laughs> well, you talk about recruiting, Shane. The Gators just pit – you know, defensive line is a huge issue, a need. Man, they have attacked mm -hmm. it. Four-star Kelby Collins, the number six yeah. defensive lineman, committed. Will Norman, another four-star from – originally from Connecticut. He's at IMG, number 21 defensive lineman. He's in the boat. Four-star defensive lineman. Mm. Cameron James of Orlando, the number 35 mm -hmm. defensive lineman, and four-star Aaron Gates from Georgia, the number 23 athlete. 18 of 20 commits are four-star prospects. Dang. That's what you need to make Florida relevant in the yep. SEC. So let's kick it over to Billy Napier real quick. Talks about all this momentum on the recruiting trail. Recruiting the momentum. I know you can't get into specifics, but big weekend. Um, what do you just think about the recruiting momentum you guys have built this summer? Well, I mean, I think um, can't compliment our staff enough, right? I mean, I think we've got um, – we've hired really good people. We're thankful for the administration giving us the resources to create the infrastructure that we do have. Um, you know, from a personnel department standpoint, on-campus recruiting, Gator made, uh, the on-field assistance to go – you know, we have um, – you know, I think the old adage, work your plan, plan your work and work your plan, right? I think that's, you know, we talk about that early on. We're going to plan our work. Uh, we're going to work our plan. We're going to be diligent. We're going to be consistent. Um, I think we've got an incredible product to sell in the University of Florida and all that comes with that, you know. Um, there's history here. There's tradition here. Uh, there's a, an elite education experience here. Uh, we have an alumni network that can help uh, position our players for success when football is over. Uh, we have one of the best game days, if not the best game day venue in all sports. Um, and I think we're, 
you know, we've got a prime location, right? So I think that we're learning more about our product. I think we're getting more comfortable, you know, with our processes in-house. Um, and I think recruiting um, the intangibles that you challenge your players to have, I think the same things can be said of your staff. So I think what you're seeing here is that the Gators aren't going away on the recruiting trail, right? I mean, we're going we're gonna to follow through. Uh, we're going to be diligent. And, and look, um, verbal commitments mean lots of different things these days, right? So the finish line is out there, you know, a few months from now. So, uh, but I am excited uh, and humbled uh, that, you know, the caliber of player, but more importantly, the caliber of person and family that some of these young people come from, that they have confidence, um, you know, in our plan. Uh, for their son, you know, and, you know, I think we've tried to make a huge emphasis on the commitment to all areas of development, right? You know, I think the vision here in the beginning was to create an organization that has life-changing impact, right? And we're going to work hard at who they are as people. Uh, we're going to prioritize their education, and we're going to teach football at a high level, right? So, um, you know, I think we'll improve as we go, right? This is certainly a sign, you know, that, you know, we're, we're gaining some traction here. All right, brother. Hey, well, I think that. <laughs> well, it then comes out. He's like, well, until they shine, you know, it's like, <laughs> oh, man, come on. Let's keep riding this thing. Come with. Who's with me? Gator. What does he call it? Gator made? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how original that is, but I like it. So, Keep doing it, and I, that's what I was just giving them a hard time. I just, I, I, I think the momentum you you create that you got that new environment down there. Yeah. You got a fun, exciting quarterback. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not worried about him, but damn, I just sometimes he drives me nuts. <laughs> well, buddy, I think that's a great way to end the show. It's <laughs> all the news and notes we got on this episode. You got anything else before we hop off the line? No, uh, sorry, sorry, a little rush today. I've uh, got a few things going on here uh can't really get into but just just know everything's all right i just uh just time constraints uh but we'll we'll do a deep dive in tomorrow be back on schedule and uh i hope this this news got you through the day nothing real bad popped up so that's always good yep yeah and i I can't thank everybody enough for joining the show as always give us that five star written review Apple Podcast app on Spotify. Subscribe on YouTube. We're about to hit 7,000 subscribers. Do any of those, we'll send you a beer koozie free of charge. Just hit us up at that secpodcast at gmail.com with your review. And that is going to do it, brother. I appreciate you most of all. We'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys.